Welcome to Garbage and Gold, the podcast that is secretly serious, selectively sensitive, and not this week, but serenely secluded. I'm Lisa. And I am Lindsay. This is the podcast where we deliberate the best and the worst of a topic, and you, dear listener, get to decide who you think is right. We will give you more information about how you can do all of that at the end of the show. Let's hit the recap and poll results from our social distancing episode before we get into our topic for this week. All right, so Lisa, the votes are in for social distancing, and we hate it. (laughs) Lindsay is on such a struggle bus with social distancing, like as a human in general, not just the episode. Like in in life, she's a real struggle, so it's, it's, oh man, okay. I, well, yes, I mean... (laughs) Yes. Yep. All the things. Okay. All the things. I mean, I haven't made you just video chat me through the day yet, so that it helps. <laughs> but it is, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. There's I a imagine lot of, it's coming. But we're doing there's good. a lot of feelings over here. Yeah. And it's okay. It so is. There's absolutely. a lot of feelings. Absolutely. Feel your feelings. That's important. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And and listeners, feel your feelings as well. Um, and so the poll results are in for social distancing. Okay. Um, and I feel no feelings about these. So don't worry. <laughs> this will be very feelingless. <laughs> the least feelings it's, I have. It's going to be so um, void. I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be like your first, your first go at welcome to garbage and gold this week, which was <laughs> welcome to garbage and gold. Sometimes I get too passionately shrill, so I try to bring it down, and then I bring it down too much. It's hard right. for me to find a medium. Right. I'm not right. a medium person. I am a woman of extremes. I'm well aware of that. Right. <laughs> I was just trying. So anyway. Oh, let's let's collab. Co- oh, calibrate you in. <laughs> calibrate you in. Calibrate. Uh, there we go. Calibrate, yes. not collaborate. We are collaborating. Uh, it's we what are. we do. Oh the God, garbage so showdown between my garbage of work from home and your garbage of Facebook you do win and you yeah. shut me out. Woo! Yeah, Facebook, Facebook is sucks. Okay. Get bent Can- Facebook. All right. And then in the gold showdown between my gold of catching up on things and your gold of naps. Yes. I do win. People what? like catching up. They do. Ugh. All right. <laughs> Maybe not everyone can fit a nap in, Lisa. Doesn't mean that you can't think it's the gold. Wow. All right. Someone, what is that face? Being productive is the... Oh, okay. No, it's catching We're, up on things. Okay. Which, okay. let me just jump right away to my listener comment. So, okay, uh, my listener comment for this week comes from um, Heidi Tapalowski on Instagram. And she said that she voted for Lindsay Gold catching up because she was able to catch up on her favorite podcast, which is us. Oh, that is nice. You know, there's good things to catch up on, not just like chores. There is. That's true. That is true. Okay, fair. Um, My listener comment is to myself because I have taken a nap literally every single day since we recorded last and it's been amazing. (laughs) Oh, I don't like you right now. What is this mood that happened? Are you all right? Yeah, you make I'm fun of right. me, but like you've become a little bitter bunny over there. I don't look know. At, look at what this social is... distancing does to us. I go <laughs> nuts, and you become a bitter bunny. <laughs> bitter bunny sounds like a dope band name, and I am gonna play drums for it. It's gonna be great. <laughs> You're gonna be the lead singer, also. Oh, God, it's a one-woman have... show. <laughs> 
Bitter Bunny. You know what? Bitter Bunny does sound like a one-woman show, if we're honest. It's just one woman screaming about all the things that she's mad about. I could, you it, know what? You know it's what? That definitely, like me. It's definitely a spoken like word me. artist. Like, for sure. <laughs> anyway, so keep an eye out for Bitter Bunny coming in April 2020 when I have yeah, nothing I, else to do besides be mad. Except <laughs> you're going to be a YouTube star because you're not going to be able to go anywhere. Nope. Okay, so I think that's all the things. Are we ready for the show? Yes. All right, let's get on the show. So, Lisa. Yes. The minute we were done recording the Batman Villains episode, you looked at me and said, pick a topic that... Is Batman villains to you? Yep. Something I love, something that is hard for me to even narrow down. Yep. One gold. I sent you a list of 10 golds. Yep. Today we had to delay our record because I couldn't figure out which my, which one was my gold. Correct. Um, it is 90s and 2000s romantic comedies. It is indeed. Would you today. would you like to share some background information about this well beloved genre of me- movies? <laughs> I want some music. Lo- <laughs> <Movies>. <laughs> I would love to. So my research today uh, mainly comes from IndieWire.com, and it just kind of explains why romantic comedies are special. So there's something uniquely cinematic about romantic comedies, something that makes them a natural fit for the movies and vice versa. There's a special alchemy that allows us to believe in the magic of meet cutes, happily ever afters, and all the agonizing contrivances that tend to pop up between the two. That gives storytellers permission to transpose the stuff of operas and fables into the fabric of real life. Hollywood has always been eager to sell the idea that we were all just one chance encounter away from happiness. That might help explain, if only in part, why the rom-com canon is as white and heteronormative as the history of the American film business, and why that canon is ripe for reevaluation now that Hollywood doesn't see the same value in the genre that it once did. So we're finally starting to see rom-coms kind of breach out of that white heteronormative history and start to be more inclusive and creative and whatever. Of Mm -hmm. course, the romantic comedy is also something of a universal language, and other film industries like Bollywood have been churning out stories like this for their audiences faster than we can even hope to keep up watching them. But one thing that will stay the same is that rom-coms have a recognizable grammar all their own. You've got meet-cutes, you have the montages, you have a banter, you have um, a weird preponderance of journalists, there's always some romantic scenes that indicate a dark turn is coming at the second act. These aren't just love stories that happen to be funny. They are a sacred art unto themselves, says the article. Okay. And then um, I was curious, like, what kind of qualifies a romantic comedy? And I found this quote from GlamourMagazine.co.uk. Amazing Amazing on-screen chemistry, super quotable lines, and, of course, an iconic love overcomes all scene at the end. Sure, the endings are often predictable, but that's the way we like it. So mm-hmm. that is my my background on the romantic comedies rom-coms. That was so, lovely. Thank you. And we will be focusing, like you said, on 90s and 2000s. Yes. So, yes. Lindsay, you mm-hmm. know much more about these than I do. So I'm very curious what you chose <clears throat> from all of these as your garbage. Okay. 
Well, um, garbage was easier to oh. figure out. Okay. Um, than gold. Oh, there's gold. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> questioning my still decision. Still stressed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have a few honorable mentions for garbage and then, um, I'll hit you with my actual garbage. Okay. Um, monster in law, which is Jennifer Lopez and Jane Fonda. It's yep. bad. Okay. Knocked up with yep. Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Jerry Maguire with our good friend Tom Cruise. We don't like him. Nope. Um, and then Garden State, the <gasps> Zach Braff movie. I'm surprised you don't like Garden State. I okay. like Garden State as a movie. I don't like mm. it as a rom com. That's fair. It is okay. It, That's it, fair. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. But my garbage '90s 2000s rom com is There's Something About Mary. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So There's Something About Mary was released in 1998, and it is a movie about a man played by Ben Stiller who gets a second chance to meet up with his dream girl from, like, high school, mm-hmm. played by Cameron Diaz. Yes. And that is all I want to tell you about the plot. Yeah. Because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's something in there, too, about Cameron Diaz being in love with Brett Favre. The quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Is Matt Dillon in it, too? Matt Dillon's also in it. He's obsessed with Mary. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So, um, so first things first. And this is where, like, some people are like, we're not even sure if this is a romantic comedy. It's it's mm-hmm. more leaning to comedy than romance. But the humor's really crotch-heavy. Yeah. Like, it's really... <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, which... It's not necessarily my style of humor. And like, there's, <laughs> there's a scene where Mary has weird bangs and it's not yeah. good, guys. It's not yeah. good. Um, yeah. 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 Also, it hasn't aged well. So some okay. of the, like, some of the things, like I was looking for, like the famous quotes of the movie and I was like, oh, there's some of these things that you, you can't say in a movie anymore. And it's only right. been like, what, 20 years? Yeah. So that's not great. Um, yeah. And then, like, the Mary character fits into that, like, that, like, the perfect girl. Like, mm-hmm. she's funny and she's one of the guys and she's super cool and she's really smart and she's so nice and all the, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah we get it. Your perfect yeah. woman is, mm-hmm. like, not an achievable thing. Right. Um, and men fall all over themselves for Mary and she's kind mm-hmm. of clueless about it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, like know who you are and know right. the effect you have on people and like be, mm-hmm. be better mm-hmm. than that. You know, like yeah. just like understand mm-hmm. the hold you have on men and, and be careful. Um, right. also Cameron Diaz and Ben Stiller have zero chemistry. Yeah. No yeah. chemistry. I don't yeah. think Cameron Diaz has chemistry with anybody. Uh. The only other thing I've seen her in is The Holiday. I mean, yeah. any rom-com I've seen her is The Holiday. And that, I think that she and Jude Law had chemistry. Is she with Jude Law or is she with yes. Jack Black? Okay, she's, she's with, Jude, with Law, Jude Law. But I think that is 99% Jude Law. I am with you. Yeah. I am with you. That is not an equal partnership. <laughs> he is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. He's beautiful and he's super charming. Like, how he do you is. not have he's chemistry so with charismatic. Jude Law? Have right, you ever right, seen right, anyone right. in a movie who doesn't have chemistry with Jude Law? I don't know how many Jude Law movies I've seen, but I, not that I can name off the top of my head. So right, I mean, on my on my quarantine binge list is The Young Pope, where he plays a pope. I'm pretty yeah. sure he and Jesus have good chemistry in that show, and Jesus isn't even like a an actual in person character. 
That's what I'm saying. It. I'm going out on a limb there, but Jude Law is amazing. But yep. Ben Stiller, also amazing, but not with Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Um. Then the the famous quote from it is, we've got a bleeder because Ben Stiller is trying to get into his prom suit and he has a zipper incident. That's right. And it cuts to the paramedic yelling, we got a bleeder. Which, yeah, that's, I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah, that's the famous quote. Um, And then the last reason why I think there's something about Mary is garbage is Brett Favre is a very good football player. Yes. And Brett, <laughs> the end, mm-hmm. end of sentence, end of thought. Yes. Brett Favre as a romantic lead in a movie with Cameron Diaz, who already doesn't have chemistry with anybody, mm-hmm. is a hard pass. And yeah. he's known for throwing those hard passes, but it's a hard, <laughs> it's a hard pass. And that yeah. is why There's Something yeah. About Mary is a garbage romantic comedy. Yeah. I don't even know if I've seen it in its entirety because I know yeah, I like agree. before we started recording, I said like, I'm only going for movies I've seen mm-hmm. and I have like 15 movies on my list total. And I, I know I've seen bits and pieces of There's Something About Mary, Yeah, but I, I don't remember being particularly like super into it. I guess, yeah. and just, I don't know. I know some of the scenes, I know some of the gags, whatever, and it's like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. And I think you're right. I, I do think it's a romantic comedy, because it's centered around him, around Ben Stiller getting, you know, he's pursuing a romance, so yeah. obviously. But yeah, they do a lot of, like, the the toilet humor comedy yeah. stuff with it, which is fine, but yeah. if it had been done funny, maybe? I don't know. I, I think I need to, like, I really love, I either love a Ben Stiller movie or I hate it. Yeah. So, like, Reality Bites and Dodgeball and, um, oh, crap. Oh, I just lost it. Oh, Zoolander. Like, Zoolander, those yeah. are amazing movies. Yeah. And then you watch them in other movies, like, There's Something About Mary and Meet the Fockers. And I'm like, oh, I hate him. That's how I feel about Will Ferrell. I am yes. very divided on Will Ferrell movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So I agree. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's that's a good garbage. I'm with you. I Thank you. Did not enjoy that film at all. So agreed. Yes. Good Apparently, day. lots of people did. It was very successful in 1998. I, but no, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Lisa, what's your yeah. garbage rom com? Yeah, uh, my garbage. I hope rom-com. you don't hurt my feelings. I if I if you like this movie, you deserve to have your feelings hurt because my garbage <laughs> is the 2007 film Good Luck Chuck. Oh, you <laughs> go for it. Way to go. <laughs> I was going to say, if there's any chance that you like this movie, you deserve to be shamed about it. So uh, here's the synopsis from IMDb. In order to keep the woman of his dreams from falling for another guy, Charlie Logan, Chuck, has to break the curse that made him wildly popular with single women. If you sleep with Charlie once, the next man you meet will be your true love. So this has Dane Cook as Chuck and Jessica Alba is like his romantic interest. And she mm-hmm. is like a like a quirky, as similar to There's Something About Mary. She's like the quirky, totally not aware of how beautiful she is, whatever. And she's yeah. clumsy and it's so cute. And Jessica, I, I do think Jessica Alba is is cute and she's a very pretty person and I enjoy yeah. her, but she's not enough for this right. movie at all. Right. So um, from Rotten Tomatoes, the critics consensus, it has a 5% on tomato meter, 505, uh, an audience score of 57 and mm. 
It says, a shortage of laughs and an undercurrent of mean-spiritedness undermine good luck, Chuck, squandering a decent premise on gross-out humor and shop-worn slapstick. So, I actually saw... I, I've seen this movie recently, which makes me real sad because I I don't like rom-coms in general. I don't like yeah. Dane Cook in general. And it was just yeah. on and it was fine because I was with a group of people and I didn't want to be like, Dane Cook sucks. So I was like, fine. <laughs> anyway, and it was like everything that I thought. It was gross. It's cliche. It's right. tired. It's cringe. His best friend in the movie is a plastic surgeon who became a plastic surgeon so he could do fake plastic parts which is gross mm, yeah. um and then yeah anyway i can't even really talk about it on our podcast it's so gross anyway so so that's gross um so it's just a lot of that like yeah. it, like you said it doesn't really hold the test of time to of being like oh like that's not okay yeah. um i find dane cook incredibly off-putting like in general especially now again i yeah. can only see him as someone who's dating like a 20 year old when he's right. 50 which is gross. i was just gonna ask you like how yeah. do you feel about dane cook at the not peak good. of dane cookness at the height there, of Dane Cookness, I still did not enjoy him. I never see, thought I, he was I, particularly when he funny. Had, when he had the, like, special in the round, I was like, oh, there's some funny stuff in there. Like, I I can get behind Dane Cook. Like, I still quote Dane Cook sometimes. Okay. But, um, yeah, he's not my favorite stand-up comedian. But I, at the yeah. height of Dane Cookness, yeah. did you hear the whole story about his brother, like, stealing all his money? No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, his brother is like in jail or went to jail because his brother was his business manager and like had been stealing money for him from him for like years. And Dane was going to like move the business and his brother got all weird because Uh, he was going to move the business. And then like they just uncovered he'd stolen millions and millions of dollars from Dane. And like Dane was broke and had to do all this stuff. I don't think he had to do good luck Chuck (laughs) to like, is that what the name of the movie? Good luck. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know if, like, he had to do that to, like, make money so that he could, like, live, but, like, yeah. there were very real, Yikes. like, he he had no money. Wow. It's super interesting. It's super interesting to hear him talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I did not know about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just, I find him off-putting, like, as a as a human, I think, mm-hmm. in general. I Again, like you said, at the height of his Dane Cookness, I think he was fine, um, yeah. but I just do not care about him as a romantic lead mm, at all. Agreed. It's not, all. it's not a good look. No, no. If anything in a romantic comedy, Dane Cook should be the wisecracking best friend. Yes. Who never gets the yes. girl. Correct. Typecast yeah. done. Yeah. He yeah. does he does not have the chops to break that mold. And he didn't. Right. Um so again, even Jessica Alba, Alba and her awkward cuteness character aren't enough to make me want to care about Dane yeah. Cook or the movie or anything. Yeah. Do you so. know how exhausting it is to have to be like adorable and kind of goofy and a dork, but also like that that character is just no. it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah, why can't you just be like pretty or just yeah. fun? Yeah, right. Why do I have why do we have to be all things? All the things. Yeah. All the things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. So, Mm-mm. okay. So that's my garbage. Good luck, good Chuck, one. from 2007. Thank you Oof. very much. <laughs> <laughs> that is rough. That's a rough movie. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> So, Lindsay, I know you have a ton of honorable mentions for your mm-hmm. gold. So hit me with them. What are your honorable mentions and then your ultimate Okay. I'm, do I hit you? I'm going to hit you with all of them because uh, okay. that's, where, that's where we're at. Um, So a great John Cusack movie, Serendipity, 
which yeah. is a, it's fun and it, it turns some things on its head a little bit. And there's like a will they, won't they? Oh no, they're going to miss each other and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So, um, that's a good one. Another honorable mention. I don't know that I even consider this a romantic comedy, but the more I read the description, I'm like, yes, High Fidelity, which is another John Cusack movie. Yep. Um, where he, it's a uh, written by Nick Hornby and he's the, um, he owns a record store and he like uh-huh. goes through his great love stories. And it's now a new show on Hulu with Zoe Kravitz. I have heard that. Yes. yes. And it's, yeah. it's pretty okay. Um, yeah. you've got mail. Sleepless in Seattle is also good, but there's something fantastic about You've Got Mail and Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan kind of like owning their thing. And I don't know. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend's wedding, because it brought back Julia Roberts. We had lost her for a little bit and then she came back. Yeah. Um, and also she fights Cameron Diaz. And as we know, I hate Cameron Diaz. Not a fan. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, also Pretty Woman in starting in 1990 with the kind of rise of Julia Roberts. It is actually the 30th anniversary yeah. of Pretty Woman like today or this week or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I didn't okay. read carefully on IMDb, so it could just be this 30 years ago, but whatever. Um, yeah. Then uh, while you were sleeping, just one of my favorite movies, a little Sandra Bullock movie where she's in Chicago and she's in love with a guy who's in a coma. Um, and her, his family thinks she's his fiance. It's adorable. You have to watch it. Um, 50 days or 500 days of summer, mm-hmm. a Mark Webb movie. Uh, it's just interesting and different. And Joseph Gordon Levitt's in it and he's fantastic and he dances yeah. down the street to Holland Oates. And like, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, Mark Webb came from doing music videos. And so he's got this interesting way of doing yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, Bridget Jones's diary. Um, which is just kind of a classic romantic comedy. Like some people put this as the pinnacle of romantic comedies. Uh, Renee Zellweger, Hugh Grant, Colin Firth. It's got that, like, here finally is a character that isn't perfect. Yeah. And like makes a ton of mistakes and still like life works out for her. Who knew? Yeah. You don't have to be Jessica Alba from Good Luck Chuck. <laughs> Men yes. will still love you just the way you are, which is a That's quote right. from the movie. Oh. Um, and then this one, which was seriously almost my gold, is The Wedding Singer okay. with Adam Sandler <laughs> and Drew Barrymore. Uh-huh. Set in the 80s, it's Adam Sandler at his kind of most earnest and and yeah. darling. Um, and it's just this beautiful kind of story that actually, like, like cares about love and weddings, even though, like things are going badly and it's it's mostly a comedy it's got this beautiful love story in it too but my garbage or my garbage not my garbage definitely not my garbage my gold my gold romantic comedy from the 90s and 2000s is the 1999 film Notting Hill ooh Notting Hill stars Hugh Grant as William Thacker, who owns a travel bookshop in London in the Notting Hill area, which is like a neighborhood. Um, And Julia Roberts, who plays the movie star Anna Scott. And so what happens is through kind of a weird coincidence, Anna and Hugh, so William, meet... Uh, they have an adorable meet cute kind of where she hates him at first and all of the stuff. And, uh, it's this love story between a movie star and a like regular guy. And, um, so a few reasons why it is gold. And I have a lot of reasons why it's gold. Um, <laughs> first of all, the characters, like there are some, usually in a romantic comedy, there's like one best friend who's kind of a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And this one has so many best friends and they're all a little bit weird or a little oh, bit I different or, or something like that. So there's mm-hmm. Spike, the roommate who, 
um, is just ridiculous the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, Hugh Grant goes on a date with a fruititarian who, oh who believes that any food that isn't picked up off the ground has been murdered. Like, it's just crazy silly. And then Honey, <laughs> Hugh, or Will, William's, uh, sister, who's one of my favorite British comedic actresses ever i don't remember her name but anyway um just a fantastic like kind of cast of characters that surrounds Mm -hmm. especially hugh grant's character so hugh grant kind of has this like realized life in the movie um and you see him kind of interacting with a neighborhood and um doing all that stuff and then anna has this kind of completely different way of living and to try to watch them make that work is just incredible um, it's also written by Richard Curtis, who okay. wrote Love Actually, mm-hmm. and um, a great movie called About Time, which should be my gold because no one's ever seen it. It's a great <laughs> movie. You should check out About Time. Um, okay. And Love Actually. No, I said I Love Actually. Um, yeah. uh, four Weddings and a Funeral. So oh, like Richard yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis, he's kind of this well-known British actor, or not actor, writer. I'm very passionate and I can't even get through this. Uh, <laughs> but his great. writing is kind of known for its silliness and wit and it's full of heart and, and characters named Bernard, which are always the bad guy. Um, oh, but it, it's, it's got this, he's just got this great writing style. Um, another reason why it's gold is there's a self-awareness in it about the movie industry. So at one point, William Thacker ends up like at, um, an interview session thing. And, and so like it, it's kind of looking at this movie star lifestyle mm-hmm. and kind of almost commenting on that. So like at yeah. one point in, uh, in a scene, uh, Hugh Grant's friends are asking Julia Roberts, like, Oh, you're an actress. Oh, okay. So like, how much did you make for your last movie, for instance? And she's like, $15 million, which is how much she'd made to make Love Actually, or not Love Actually, Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. I think I've gone off the sugar high that I was on and <laughs> words are so difficult. Anyway, um, so it, it kind of has this winky nature at the uh-huh. movie business itself it's this really believable you want it to be believable story of like Mm -hmm. you could run into a famous person and they could fall in love with you and how great is that yeah Yeah. how great is that yeah um it also shines a light on a london that you don't see very often it's much more neighborhoody and Mm -hmm. kind of shows how how diverse and interesting london can be like i think a lot of times we see like Buckingham Palace and all that stuff. And like none of that really shows in the movie. And instead it's this, this great area in London, which if you haven't been to Notting Hill, you should definitely check it out. Um, and then really the reason that it is gold is the iconic quote from Julia Roberts. She's standing in front of who Grant, Hugh Grant, and he has told her like, this doesn't really work. I'm normal. You're not. And she's like, but remember, I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy, asking him to love her. And it's beautiful and wonderful. And that is why it is my gold romantic comedy. Have I been talking for 20 minutes? I think I have. It's okay. (laughs) No, you've been doing great. You've been doing great. Um, Notting Hill is one of those I have not seen, which is very Mm. sad. Um, You got time. I do know... I know. Yeah, now's the time. Um, I do know. I've heard really good things about it. And it's like such a classic. And it's definitely mentioned all over those places. And it does have like the people from different worlds. How is it going to work? And yeah. the fact that all the characters are fleshed out so well is like yeah. what makes movies like that so relatable and that you connect with and you root yeah. for them. Because it's not just about him and her. It's about who they yeah. have around them, too. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Nice. It's, it's just a quality one. You should check it out. I highly recommend it. It'll be, it will make you forget about Good Luck Chuck. (laughs) 
I mean, I barely remember Good Luck Chuck it's, as it's it is, a palate yes. cleanser, if nothing yes. else. That is fair. That is fair. I so that it. is my gold, Lisa. Okay. What is your okay. gold romantic comedy? Yeah. So I do have a couple honorable mentions. Um, I did have, uh, I had the 2005 version of Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley. Uh, on my list and Lindsay said I could do it and then I changed it and she said good because I was going to tell you it wasn't a romantic comedy <laughs> so I'm glad I changed it I mean the subterfuge here to try to like set you up <laughs> so anyway but I do I mean I love that I, I mean because I love mm. Pride and Prejudice anyway but um, mm-hmm. and then the other one I have and this is this is one of those I know it's not good but I just really loved it at the time was Can't Hardly Wait. <gasps> oh my movie? gosh. Yeah. So good. So See, good. It's like, so that's more like, I don't know if I would qualify that as a romantic comedy either. It's just like one of those like teen, like classic yeah. teen movies. Yeah. That's like end of high school, whatever. I just, oh my God. I just, but, but we are also the, the perfect age for that movie. Yes. Like I think if we were five years older or five years younger. Correct. We'd be like, that movie was terrible, but it like, hit us right at the right time. It did. It did. Mm-hmm. So I know that it's not good but i loved it yeah. okay so anyway Agreed. but my actual gold of 90s 2000 rom-coms is the 1999 film 10 things i hate about you mm. and i actually sincerely really do love this movie so it makes me happy because <laughs> again i've seen my list has maybe 15 uh yeah. on it and yeah that's that's the yeah. one that i'm going with so, so the good. The synopsis from IMDb, a pretty popular teenager can't go out on a date until her ill-tempered older sister does. It's directed by Gil Younger, and it's written by Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith, and it stars Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and some other people in there. But those are the main ones that we have Mm -hmm. in there. So, okay. The... Uh, where did I get this from? I think it's also from IMDb. Anyway, it's adapted from the William Shakespeare's play Taming of the Shrew. It's about uh, Cameron, who's a new student at a high school, sitting in the office of a quirky guidance counselor. And he's shown around the school by Michael, who will then become his best friend. And do it during the tour is when he first sees Bianca Stratford. So she's gorgeous and she's wonderful. And she's Alex Mack from the... <laughs> Nickelodeon series, whatever her actual name is. I don't know. But anyway, she's Alex Mack. And so Joseph Gordon-Levitt wants to date her, but he can't because she isn't allowed to date. Mm-hmm. Her sister, um, Katerina, who is Julia Stiles, uh, has a house rule or her, their dad has a house rule that Bianca can't date unless Katerina Cat dates. So mm-hmm. now Cameron's trying to date Bianca and so in order to date Bianca, someone has to date Cat, whatever. So um the thing so then it's all this like this the plotting and the scheming of like how to get someone that wants to date cat and who does cat want to date and whatever so then that's where heath ledger comes in because he they track down patrick verona a bad boy Mm -hmm. with a mysterious reputation uh to try to go with cat so anyway Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like getting the boy to date the sister so that the other boy can date the other sister and it's super cute and it's wonderful and it's it's so the chemistry in this is like off the charts like how heath ledger is beautiful and wonderful and amazing and julia styles speaks to me on so many levels in this movie (laughs) she's because some of the things that she is she loves indie rock she's super feminist she hates conformity she hates being around people she hates going to parties she like it's just angsty as everything and i'm just like (laughs) 
Still, yeah. I feel that so much in my heart. Julia Stiles, I love her. And so Julia Stiles isn't always very good in movies. Like she's not a she's not she's a slam not. dunk, and she doesn't always have great chemistry. She's and not. so I chalk that one up to Heath Ledger, like coming in yep. strong. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. No, no, no. You're good. So, um, so yeah, I, like I said, I love Julia Stiles in this. I love Heath Ledger in this. Their chemistry is great. He is mega swoon and he's a quintessential bad boy with a gold heart situation. Like he's obviously mm-hmm. misunderstood, but he lets people misunderstand him because it keeps them at a distance. So he's one of those type of boys, which is just like, yeah. oh my God, let me fix you. Um, <laughs> but ultimately the thing, cause there's so many, there's cute dance scenes like you get in rom coms cause he's trying to woo her and it's like the marching band is playing yeah. and oh my God, that's so cute. But, the the ultimate scene from this one that I will always think about, and I think about it a lot, actually, which is lame because I don't think about movie quotes that often, but it's the poem scene from oh. near the end when they're <laughs> when so they're in good. I think they're in detention or are they just in class? Doesn't matter. They're anyway, this class. is the poem. I'm gonna read it, so you're gonna cry. Get ready. So this is so she she has found out that he has been basically like pretending to like her. I use that in quotes because obviously he really likes her. But anyway, mm-hmm. to get Bianca out on a date. So this is the poem. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive your car. I hate it when you stare. <laughs> Lindsay's getting overwhelmed and I love it. I yeah. hate your big dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much that it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh, even worse when you make me cry. I hate the way you're not around and the fact you didn't call. But mostly, I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. And at this point in the movie, she's crying as she's reading it. And then she runs out of the classroom and it's wonderful. So. Yeah. <sighs> 10 Things I Hate About You takes a Shakespearean classic with the high school angst and it still holds a test of time. It's good today. Mm-hmm. It's good forever. It's wonderful. It just has, it ticks all the right boxes for a romantic comedy and I love it. It's my it's gold. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. That is, because you're right, that Julia Stiles character is so wonderful and yes. angsty and teenage girl. And she's so different. She's so Mm -hmm. different than other female leads. Like Bianca, her sister, is who you would expect to be the main character in a movie like this. Like cute, bubbly, looking for love, whatever. And it's like, she doesn't want any of this business. (laughs) She wants none of it. So yeah, the reluctance for it is what makes it obviously all the sweeter when it happens. But Well, and I think so often in movies, we don't see new ideas. Like, and so- for them to just really lean into like, we are going with the Shakespeare story and like half of all rom-coms are basically Shakespeare. Right. But we're not going to tell you like this one is like, no, we're going to adapt Taming of the Shrew because this story is good. Yeah. And and it's classic. Yeah. Yeah. It's classic and it can apply today to this setting and it totally Totally. works. Yeah. Yeah. And the end of the movie, there's, I don't even know what band it is anymore. Like playing on the roof of the school. Uh-huh. Oh, so good. Uh, it's Letters to Cleo. Thank you. Oh, thank yep. you. Thank yep. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Hello, it's a, oh, 90s. It has a great soundtrack, too. That's on my list. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. But it yeah, it has a great soundtrack. A soundtrack. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And Heath Ledger, spoiler alert, buys her a guitar at the end of the movie. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to get to my heart, <laughs> buy me a guitar. I will be I do all love- over it. Yeah, I do love that he sees her and he encourages and, like, nurtures the things about her that she loves, too. Yeah. So that's, yeah. He doesn't buy her flowers. He doesn't make her dress a certain way. Nope. 
Nope. And it's not one of those, like, I do have on my honorable mention for garbage, uh, she's all that. Mm. Because I do, I hate that trope of like, oh, now we took her glasses off. She's super hot. Like, right. shut up. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So that's my, that's my goal. It's a Ten good things I hate one. about you. Yeah. That's a good one. I also wonder if one of the reasons why it's gold is because it was written by women. I didn't realize that until I did my research, but it has two female writers. So I wonder if that's part of it. Mm. That they understand things and they were trying intentionally not to be cliche. But anyway. Right. Maybe. So. All right. right. <sighs> All right, Lindsay. So hit us with the recap and tell our listeners how they can vote this week. You all can go and vote for our garbage choices. My garbage choice of there's something about Mary or Lisa's garbage choice of good luck, Chuck, using the hashtags Lindsay garbage or Lisa garbage. And you can vote for our gold choices. My gold choice of Notting Hill and Lisa's gold choice of 10 things I hate about you using the hashtags Lindsay gold or Lisa gold on our Instagram or Twitter accounts at garbage gold pod. Yeah, please do that, because we like to hear what you guys think, and we like chatting with you about your choices. Get up in our feeds and tell us all your feelings. Mm-hmm. We will share our favorite listener comments and our poll results on our next episode. And if you haven't already done so, if you could head on over to iTunes or wherever it is you listen to us every week and give us a rate, review, and subscribe, we would really appreciate it. And if you want more of us, you can hit up our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash garbagegoldpod, where you can get more of us extended outtakes of episodes such as this one. We have bonus content over there and all sorts of great stuff. So it's $2 or $5 a month for more of us on patreon.com slash garbagegoldpod. Absolutely. And when you're done with all of that, why don't you recommend us to your friends? Why don't you tell your friends about us? We are not some romantic comedy where you don't tell people about how much you love us. We're not a secret side piece, you guys. Not here for that. Mm -hmm. We deserve you telling people about us. Like, it's time for you to come clean about how you feel about us. Um, Because we've come clean about how we feel about you. So Yeah, we love you. So Yeah, Yeah. we DTR'd. Yeah. And then you can join us next week when we deliberate to the garbage and gold of Justin Timberlake songs. Yes, we are. I'm excited. So cool. Yes. Yes. Oh, did you have any recommendations that you wanted to throw in this episode? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, you watched the Tiger King and you liked that. I did. Oh my gosh, Lisa. It's bananas. (laughs) I can't wait. It's um, so, it's so bananas. I can't wait. The start, before we recorded this episode, I was just looking at Instagram and I saw, um, this is my recommendation this week. If you do not follow Patrick Stewart on Instagram, you should. Um, he is on, he's at Sir Pat Stew. And today he recorded himself reading a sonnet. Oh. And it's like the best. So uh, sticking with the Shakespearean theme, I was just yeah. like, oh. Because he's just, like, a wonderful human in general. And he said something on there, like, his mom used to give him fruit. Like, she would cut up slices of fruit or something, like, when times were tough or, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. And then it was like, so here's a sonnet for the day. Yeah. Like, <gasps> one of the one of the positive things to come out of the quarantine is, like, people going, oh, you're at home? Okay. Like, yeah. so yesterday I was watching a live stream of a musician I love who's like, uh, just a minute. My rice is almost done cooking. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go turn that off, and then I'll come back. And then did another song. And so, like, you watch yeah. him like leave frame, and you can see him in the back, like in his kitchen. Uh-huh. And then he comes back, and I was like, "That's really sweet. It is really nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. thanks for thanks for being there for like 
when we aren't allowed to be around other people, like they're still interacting yeah. with us. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I like That's it. Great. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. So, okay. So yeah, so that's my recommendation is follow Sir Pat Stew on Insta because you will not regret it. He's a wonderful human. <laughs> and watch Tiger King, not mm-hmm. around your children, but you will also not regret it. And, but like be prepared for it to be bananas. Someone, someone was like, I I could only get through an hour. It was so weird. I'm like, yeah. Like, it's the kind where you go, never in a documentary is everyone bananas. But this one, oh, everyone is. God, that sounds great. Like, um, a quick A quick little minor plug also, if you're looking for a documentary that's not seven parts, is I watched yesterday the – Okay, so there's a movie called The Polka King, which is a movie with Jack Black based on the documentary that I watched, which is the would-be Polka King. And it's about, like, a Ponzi scheme, but it's also bananas. And it's, like, an maybe 50 minutes long. It's real quick. Uh-huh. And it just flies by at breakneck speed because every documentary series is, like, at least six parts now. And this is, yeah. like, one episode, so it's going yeah. real fast. And everybody has a Wisconsin accent, and it is just amazing. <laughs> it's like every cliche film study shot is in it but it's also just like a really weird cool story anyway so the would-be polka king we probably shouldn't make fun of wisconsin accents with our minnesotan accents i know i know well it's god i feel like it's even more chicago-ish though yeah no wisconsin's definitely different but no, no, no. I know what you mean. But I'm thinking now, I'm thinking to the, the narrator. His name is Stan. And he he is giving us this story from a empty empty bar. Um, Obviously. And he says things like, oh, what's the word? Like, even his motto would have been embarrassed. <laughs> it's just like, like, he's not. It's it's so good. Mudda. It's okay. Mudda. It's so good. It's so good. So good. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.